good, y'all? It's your boy C Ro Money Money that C R O Double Dollar Sign, host of the Nerding with Friends podcast. I'm joined tonight with my co-host, Code Name Comet. Salutations, my fellow blurs, nerds, and peaceful herds. It's your boy Code Name Comet. How y'all doing? And we back, man. It's been a while. A long time. It's been quite a while. <laughs> you ain't lying. Quite a while. Um, we've been some busy, busy guys over here lately. Not just stuff involving the podcast, but our personal lives as well. You know, 2022, uh, it's a year of change, you know. Uh, a lot of good lot. things coming. But we want to thank you all for still rocking with us. We hope we ain't lose too many of y'all on the brief hiatus. But on a positive note, if you follow us on Instagram, please follow us on Instagram, Nerding with Friends One, uh, and we're also on Twitter, Nerding W Friends, and mm-hmm. Facebook and you Facebook and YouTube, Nerding with Friends. Mm-hmm. But anyway, if you follow us on Instagram, you would have saw that we had our uh, somewhat of a Black History Month celebration, posting a different fictional Black character across various mediums every day across Black History Month. Wish it was the one with 29, you know. But like we said last year, every month is Black History Month. Every month is Black History Month. I had another catch 29 if we had 29 days this year. Yeah, we could we could have easily filled up at least 30. You know what I mean? She 35 at least. I had, a, I had a slew of characters I just didn't use. Yeah, but a lot of these characters we've talked about in the past and episodes like our Nickelodeon 90s kid recap. And last year we did the highlighting voice, um, highlighting like, black voice actors. It's been a while. I'm out of practice. I know, man. It's funny. I think she's on this bit like a, like a couple of times. I know she's on here at least twice. Who that? Creep. But Chris, Chris, I'm gonna find her way into a into a, a list about black people and nerd shit. It just has you to ain't happen. never lied. <laughs> you ain't never lied. She's goaded. You know what I mean? Well, shout out to her. I believe she just won an award for uh NAACP award for um it was either that or it was like a image icon award for um one of the shows. Oh, recreating character uh, Susie Carmichael and the new Rugrats. Nice. Shout out to Cree. You know, she always gonna be here. I'm watching, rewatching Different World right now. I haven't gotten to her part yet, but mm-hmm. you know, like many people, that was my first uh, time hearing that iconic voice. Most certainly was not the last in my childhood. She's been there since we since we was a, like jits. For real. Before we were born, I believe. You know what I mean? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, because she started in the early 80s, I believe. Uh, I know she was Penny from Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. I don't when Inspector Gadget came out. I think that was the 80s. Where there was no real order when we posted those characters on Instagram. But for the sake of this recap, we're going to start with the characters that appear in anime and animation. You know, by animation, we mean pretty much any American uh, TV show or movie that doesn't have any roots in comic books and then that's how we're going to end it because that's the basis of our nerdiness comic book i think so so that's how it's hard for it not to be that's it's it's the forefront right now you know Mm -hmm. so with that said if y'all ready 
let's get into it. Starting off on our list with anime, we're going with Olga Montgomery. So if you don't know, you won't know. My main man, Olga Montgomery, is like, I don't feel like he get enough shine on the show. Like, uh, I think he is by far one of the dopest uh, fire characters that I've seen. Fire um, Force is the show, by the way. Yes, thank you. I was gonna, I was gonna get there, uh, and definitely one of the, the one of the more um, creative characters in Fire Force. I like his. Uh, um, I can't even think of what his uh, what his fighter what he uses now. It's been so long since I've seen him. I got actually got to go back. But what really kind of like gets me about the character is just his his like compassion to kind of protect others, and he ain't just one of them dudes who just out there talking that talking that talk. Uh, because if you've seen Fire Force, you know there is somebody out there who, you know, who wanted to protect others, and it didn't work out for him. Sad, you know, sad to see that boy go. But uh, Ogan is not the one that you play with because, like, at at this point, he's the only one who has been compared to what has been said to be one of the top niggas out there, at least the the top firefighter. But, but what you think? I don't. I don't know if you. You don't know if you caught up on Fire Force or seen the boy Ogan out there. I mean, Fire Force over, ain't it? Uh, I believe. I want. Uh, if it's not over, it's close to it. I believe it's over. You know, spoiler alert: they confirmed it to be a prequel to Soul Eater. Still don't understand how that makes sense, but you know. I'm not there, but I do. I do see a lot of Ogun. I watch Fire Force. I watch the dub. Uh, haven't really picked up on the manga yet, but what I've seen of him, I really do like his character. I like his abilities. Yeah. You know, like when he goes into that, I I can't even explain it. It's when he gets stronger. Yeah, it's know, that flaming ink the, covers the flaming ink. Yeah, yeah. I really I like Fire Force as a whole. Like they do a, a lot of creative stuff with yeah. just fire, and Ogun is. Not the token, you know, like they've got other brown characters in there. I think um, my favorite one might be the guy, um, Jesus Christ, what is his name? Uh, that works, the one who's got the strength. He's a second generation. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I can't think, of, oh man, it's been so long. Yeah, I'm still so, on Fire Force. Right, it's been, if you, if I, you watch Fire Force, you know him. He's a bad guy, but he's dope. He's a pretty dope. Yeah, guy. he's the one with the gray hair. He is cold. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I like. That's one thing I do like about Fire Force. That all of their villains are pretty fucking dope. Like, and they're different. Like in themselves, they're all pretty different, but pretty compelling villains. They did well. Next up, we got Miracle from My Hero Academia, aka that baby. That baby, that bunny baby, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As the boy Bradley would say, Bunny Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, uh, so speaking of Mirko, did you see you read the you read up on the new chapters? Did you see the bionic arm, my nigga? Man, I love the bionic arm, I do not love what it looks like happened to her, bruh. I, I didn't even want to talk about that yet because it scares me what happened to her. Let's put that bionic um, arm. I'm, I'm going to stay on topic here, but on this brief tangent, 
or a coach, he's gonna have to show me one if he's gonna keep putting these beautiful women in these in these oh stories gosh. and then offing them. But that's an episode for another day. Let's get down right. to America. I believe she's the number six hero right now. And for and people who read the manga, you guys already know. And for the people that watch the anime, you're in for a great surprise. She played a very pivotal role in the war art in the beginning. And it's very slight. Some people might not even understand like how much she really did by stopping Shigaraki from getting to 100 percent. Because mm-hmm. if he would have reached 100 percent at that time, it would the be story no would have been over. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it was, it'd be over. And for her efforts, you know, she's lost limbs and, you know, looks like she's in a very bad situation right now. But I love her motor. Uh, You know, she's got that crazy quirk that makes her like a rabbit. But she's got like this sort of sense about her, like she can detect danger. And like she's got Mm -hmm. these animal instincts that really go along. Super, super fit, super strong, like awesome character. As you know, as a as the rabbit hero, she is nothing like a rabbit. Like always, the first one ready to you know throw hands. You know, she, she ain't running from the trouble. She running too. Absolutely not. Like, even in the situation they're in, like the minute she real, they realize some shits are off. She like, okay, fuck it. We still got to scrap. This is gonna happen regardless. We got to do this. So we're heroes. This is what we're here for. Regardless, she's not afraid to jump on bumpers. She uh, saved Endeavor. And Hawks um, mm-hmm. after that incident with the Nomu and Dobby was pretty much about to end them. They had exhausted themselves. Oh, yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah. Dobby's no slouch in himself. So for him to understand that he can't take her out, even with a weekend endeavor and Hawks, also says a lot about her strength. I hope right. we get to see. Well, I. My hero academia look like it's coming to an end, so I doubt we'll be seeing more of her anytime. I believe a soon. lot of a lot of our favorite shows are coming to a close. Yeah, but good good on her. You know what I mean? Uh, she's had a great run, and like I said, I hope she's still around. This next character, I don't know entirely too much about. I'm gonna let you take this one. Uh, I had to learn a, a little bit about old Chaka Love McDonald, but I thought he was pretty cool. Um, from what I got, he's one of the characters from Shaman King. I don't remember him from the OG, but I can tell you, I don't really remember the OG Shaman King either. So, like, my favorite character was Homeboy with the Surfboard. I don't even know if he got that shit no more. That's just how much I have paid little attention to it. But this kid specifically kind of caught my attention because it's like, from a, for a show like Shaman King, I don't know much about it, but my boy is taking lies. He used to be a part of a gang. You know, he, like, he he got some grit to him. And, you know, the only reason he changes is because he walks into that, you know, every, every show, every uh, great anime has that sensei, has those, those, those teachers who just, you know, can see the good in people. And he just happened to walk into him. And uh, what caught his attention, he tried to rob Buddy and mm-hmm. he couldn't even touch him. And the guy said, you know, he talked about something about making uh, the world laugh and, you know, making everyone happy. And he thought it was ridiculous, but he couldn't help but laugh. And in that moment, he also happened to see, you know, his shaman or whatever they call it, like their their spirit, 
you know, with the, the older dude and he mentioned it. And at that point, it's like, OK, this kid's something different. Takes him on, becomes a disciple and, you know, the rest is history. Now he wanted the, the OGs that rock with the crew. But uh, I, I don't know. I think of the characters I learned throughout this Black History Month, you know, celebration. I thought he was one of the ones who had the most had the darkest story for an anime character. Like you don't really see one that like he look like he. I'm pretty sure he grew up in New York. Hmm. So I thought that was. I just thought that was really cool. It made me honestly want to check out Shaman King. Just to see more. That's awesome when a character can make you want to check out a show, especially one that doesn't seem to get a lot of attention. Right. You know, we always right. like to highlight the little guy here, but this next character on our list, he's not a little guy. Not big, at all. Big nigga. Used to be an admiral. We're talking about Kuzan of uh, One Piece. <laughs> My favorite former vice admiral. Yeah. I think my I would say like my favorite former Marine altogether. Mm. Yeah. I don't know too many non-former Marines. Well, I would say like of, say of all the Marines good. that you know I've seen, like he definitely is by far my favorite. Like personality wise, all of it. The nigga cold, quite literally. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the things I like about him the most is definitely his sense of justice. I feel like in the beginning, you see um, the Navy, Marines, whatever you want to call them, painted out as the bad guys. But, you know, he's somebody like he seems a little bit more remorseful about the things he does. You think right. about the, the buster call on. um Ohara. Ohara, yeah. Killing Saul was part of the job. That stuff with Robin, you know, a child, he has some problems with with harming her. And him mm-hmm. helping her escape is really a, a very pivotal point of the show. Her being the last survivor, being the only person who can read the Poneglyphs. Right. A lot of the stuff that's going to happen, a lot of things that have been untold through Nico Robin are directly because of Kuzan. Yeah. I would also love to see the fight he had with a kind of way. Man, I feel I feel like it has to be like in a movie or something. Like that's gotta be one of the ones they hold on to. Cause there's a lot of like even if they were to do some sort of a what ifs or something like that. There's so many big fights that we really don't get a chance to see. Like even I don't I don't even really feel like we got a chance to see the fullness of what you know Blackbeard and Ace, um, Blackbeard and uh, Shanks, Blackbeard or Shanks and Kaido, like really like a lot of these little cross like cross ups like it goes like goes missed. Yeah, but that one there, Akainu and Aokiji, yeah, but yeah, that's the only one we actually get a chance to see. Like this is the repercussions with uh, was it Punk Hazard? Mm-hmm. It just ha- that shit is still half fire, half ice, a whole and, island. And it might be some insight into what happens when an awakened Logia is used. That's a good point. Because you got to look at, you know, Kuzan is very um, 
He's very good with his quirk. He's one of the, not his quirks. <laughs> He's very good with the use of his devil fruit abilities, which is, yeah. uh, you know, to control and manipulate ice. He's one of the only people who can, who is not really bothered by the whole not being able to swim thing. He can walk mm-hmm. on water, you know, turning into ice. Like it's, it's funny as shit seeing him. Why you see him riding him that, that bike? Yeah, sure. <laughs> that bike on the water, man. <laughs> like that just shows, like even without the devil fruit, to be riding a bicycle in this vast ocean, the One Piece world is mostly water, and he's just riding this bike around, not worrying about getting tired or anything or like anything. That. Sea kings, other like pirates. Like he's essentially by himself on this bike. On this bike. We know that he's currently aligned himself with the Blackbeard Pirates. We don't know exactly like what links and what type of association is going on, but uh whatever it is, there there's gotta be some rhyme or reason to it, you know. Like I he, don't feel like it's bad, man. I Fellas. don't think he's bad either. I think he's I think he is the only person who knows something about Blackbeard and Blackbeard knows it. And because of that, he can actually align himself with Blackbeard. So he has a, 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 an up that no one in the whole show seems to have. And because of that, he's using he's using it to his advantage or someone's using it to their advantage. I think he's working for someone, whether it be the revolutionaries um through people like Kuma and Dragon or whether it be through like you would say Sword, um which is still tied to the Marines. It's still justice and Sword is more of the lazy, lazy justice if you think about it. Because they don't it's it's like the way that they go about doing things. It's more it's it's spies. It's more let me make sure that you're not doing anything out of hand. It's stopping you from it's it's stopping uh, Al Kainu from killing Straw Hat because he owes because he, he owes something to Garp, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Doing just enough to make sure that you know what needs to happen, the justice that needs to happen naturally will happen. Absolutely. And we got one more character here on this anime list. I believe it's a character from Bleach. Another Garichi Shiho. I, I would honestly say this. She was another character that made me want to watch the show. Like, I don't know if I talked to you like earlier about this this week. So I told you like that'll probably be the next one I pick up is Bleach, and it's because of a couple of scenes that I saw with her in it. Like, she ain't no she ain't no slouch. Not only is she a princess, but she is also one of the leading commanders in well, what is considered their military force, and. Honestly, I say that she is, but I should I should actually use this frame. She was because when she realized that it wasn't it wasn't following the just um, the justice that is real. It was more about, you know, maintaining a a sense of control. She left. it's almost perfect that we follow Kuzan with, you know, Yurichi because it's they have kind of similar mindsets. Um, the only difference is, you know, whereas we know he's still a part of something, she's she kicking it with her homies. Now, granted, like I said, I don't I don't know much about Bleach. I just learned about this character. Um, so I mean, I look forward to you know when I do watch the show, which will probably be like in the coming weeks. Like I'm gonna probably talk more about her. Like she might 
I, to me, I think she might raise the ranks as one of the best lightning characters that I've seen and maybe one of the, one of the top females. So I'm looking forward to learning more about her and seeing more in the show. Like, I love for, uh, you know, the fans of Bleach to uh, fill me in because I hear it's supposed to be that deal. And I got to think if you bringing the show back from what, almost 10 years, it, it, it's got to be something like just to finish it. There's a lot of shows that don't get that love, you know? Yeah, I know fans of Bleach have been clamoring for this for a long time. I'm happy they're getting this. They deserve it. Yeah. It shows a lot when the fans, you know, go in and get shit done. That's the wrap <laughs> up the anime characters. And let me just say, this was the shortest list. There are a lot more uh, black and brown characters that, um, you know, didn't get their shine this go around. But I'd like to, you know, show some, some uh, appreciation for the ones we have. It's not a lot, you know. We're getting more, um, but it's great to see a lot of these characters and that representation in anime. We, they don't and, all have to be Piccolo, you know. What right, I mean? and they don't all have to give, be like as strong as like Yamcha's. It's like you know they their their power holds weight, their character holds weight. They have purpose within the story. They move the story along. It's it's not just a couple of in and outs. You know, some of these characters are like mainstays um so it's, it's it's nice that there is like you said some sort of representation let's move on to the animation and start things off with a post that got a lot of good feedback and that was good old number five crease summer herself who don't love number five you know no, number five uh, you know, it's dope because she was really like of the, you know, one through five that we followed throughout the show. I think she was in the K&D the longest. I think yeah. she had like a higher rank. Mm-hmm. She was like, I, most of the stories like revolving around her were some of the best. Yeah. You think yeah. about the stuff with uh, Heine, the the little um, uh, Swedish boy that was mm-hmm. really a girl. Um, all the stuff with her and um, Sticky Whenever her sister, Anytime her sister pulled up. All the episodes with her sister. Um, yeah, like I think about that Chicken Pox episode. That was a good one where she went mm-hmm. on the little mission to get her sister back. Uh, the stuff with Maurice. Yeah. Uh, one, another former agent. Like, number five was that character you know what i mean the voice of reason really right right and i think i feel like uh it it, it, did you know that number five is the reason why nigel was there yes he failed the test and she changed it to to get him back in yeah so it's like she her having that instinct because like she could have been a character just that took on the role of leader because it was supposed to be hers anyway when when everyone had graduated from Sector V, it was hers to lead. Like she is the oldest one of the group, um, but her putting that team together essentially and being able to lead that team because you know number one says it all the time. She's the only one with any real sense, you know. <laughs> and if you look at it compared to the way that everyone acts, she is. She is the big sister of the group. Um, it's not like everyone doesn't have their place, but when it comes to a put together, like there's always that character that's a little more put together, like that doesn't need to grow as much as the rest. That's definitely number five. 
Like she didn't have to like mature like the rest of them did. And to have once again, the queen Cree summer voice her was just perfect. Yeah. You know, she voiced a lot of <clears throat> characters, not only in that show, she voiced a, uh, at least one more character on this list. Yeah. But, you know, just to go back to number five, I can't really think of like what I would call a flaw of number fives. You know she what I mean? She didn't really have one. Like she was, she was just kind of too cool. You know what I mean? If anything, I think yeah, she didn't her, care enough. Her, I think her flaw might be she cared too much. I think a good example of that would be the Fountain of Youth episode. You know mm. what I mean? Like she was doing yeah. all that for that girl, and like number four was like, no, like why are we helping this girl? Number five, like we're kids next door. It's our job to help kids. Yep. And at the end of the episode, like after she had betrayed them. You know, like, number five, her friends are telling her not to do this. Like, why are we helping her? The number five, like, we've got to do it. And then to be betrayed like that, and then for the person that betrayed them to need help, and she was ready to walk out, number four, coming back and, you know, echoing those words back to her. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that was yeah. a very powerful moment for the show. And it's, it's that's, it's, it's those little nuggets and it's reasons why that, like that, why it made sense, why not number five is like the real de facto leader of the group. Um, and I also would love to see, like, I would also say, like, if there were to be like a transition of from the KND to the TND, like, it would make the most sense for it to transition with her. Uh, even if they were to wait for the other ones essentially to grow into, you know, to be teenagers. Well, <clears throat> Considering the last episode, I feel like she was decommissioned at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember in that final episode, it's not on HBO Max for whatever reason. It's called Interview. And mm-hmm. you see a live action version of numbers two, three, four, and five. Uh, mm-hmm. She's actually married to number two. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I, saw, I can see that going that way. That makes sense. Yeah, but at the end of the episode, they, they uh, recommissioned them to have this interview about like their final mission with Nigel and, you know, how he went up to the space kids next door or whatever. And mm-hmm. you find out father was the one that was interviewing them. He's going up to go look for Nigel or something. And, you know, at the end of the episode, you see her call Nigel and stuff. So I don't know, like, what's going on. I would love for them to expand on Kids Next Door. There have been petitions for it to come back. Um, it's let's gotta get be that one, going, like, you know? Like, say, that's got to be, like, one of the most there. innovative shows, like, that have that has ever existed. And, like, the way that they did it was so – it almost seemed effortless. And I feel like they did, like, like you just said, they did a really good job of telling, like, really funny compelling stories and still having like a a message some from time to time like just kind of baked in yeah it was a it was a great show and you if know, you can bring me prouder family man you can bring me the tnd man t's mm-hmm. next door man come on mm-hmm. well we can go ahead and make the transition we talking about penny proud aka kyla pratt aka penny p of the <laughs> proud p family out here. <laughs> Man, I, I like the Proud family in this original run. 
And I like Penny. Penny was dope. Penny was a character that I feel like could do anything. Yeah. But she still found a way to learn some type of lesson. I feel like she's like a cornerstone of black girl magic, black girl empowerment. Like Penny is it, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think they really do a good job. I think Penny is one of the characters that I've, they did a kind of a, a really a good service of showing you two parents and having a character that really resonated with both sides. Like she was just as like she had just as many goofy moments and like her like kind of isms from her dad. And then she was kind of strong and like, you know, in your face like her mom so it's just like they really did a good job of showing like a, a, a strong family unit for one and don't forget about the wisdom she got from sugar mama did got yeah all the wisdom she got from sugar mama yeah, even from time to time like even if like she had i think one time she got wisdom from bobby it was oh, random no. <laughs> but um it's just they did. They did. They did well with her character. I uh, I was happy to see that the show was coming back. I thought the I thought what it meant to the world was and black culture was pretty dope. Penny's still dope. Yes, she is. You know, the whole cast was dope. Absolutely, but I don't think there's a doper character than the next the, the next kid. I just don't feel like he got enough love because the show is one of those ones that just kind of left us at a cliffhanger. And that's Gerald Johansson. Like you talking about the coolest kid in the, in the, in the club, like class president, you know, just the the wisdom, and it made some sense sometimes, and it made no sense the other times, but it was always exactly what you needed to hear, and he was always there for him. And I felt like the only time that Gerald showed any sense of like weakness was that episode with his voice. And even then, he turned that into a strength, and that was, you know, that was a a good lesson in itself. Hmm. I felt like Gerald was just like the essence of cool. Gerald was the essence of cool. What I liked the most about him is that he was the storyteller. Whenever there was a myth or legend that needed to be told, you know, Sid and everybody else would be like, "Take it away, Gerald." He just right. <laughs> pull up, and he'll let you know. Like he'll tell you everything. Everybody clap, snap their fingers. <laughs> like they knew that boy. In a reboot, Gerald would definitely have a podcast. Absolutely, he yeah, would definitely a have a podcast. Him and his brother, or yeah. his brother would come in and crash his podcast. Another, you know, awesome to see black family. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite episode involving Gerald, not only the one with, um, you know, the one you mentioned mm-hmm. when he was uh, losing his voice and the boy got some bass in there. That boy got that bass, man. Got that very white. <laughs> I like when he um, thought he could move out and he was living, yeah. uh, he was living at uh, the apartment that the, the complex that Arnold's grandpa owned, mm-hmm. and he got a taste of what real life was like. His parents came to visit him. He was like, "Oh, this is how you living?" <laughs> <laughs> this, it was this, great parents too. Yeah, like oh, this, you oh, <laughs> this well, what you we're doing? happy for you. <laughs> this what you want. Uh, man, he I, realized I, real quick this is not what he wants. Yeah. 
and, and, and shout out to, to Arnold's grandparents for like taking him in also like leaning into the lesson that he could tell what was going on like taking him in he, he got some money no no oh, yeah, he like got he, some money off that. no, no like that's what i said leaning into the, that's what i said leaning into the lesson because he definitely took some money off the car and he ain't getting it back yeah <laughs> uh grandpa lou buy his money <laughs> absolutely i'm at phil grandpa phil yeah steely phil buy his money steely phil got him confused with tommy grandpa Oh damn! Look at look at that transition. (laughs) Speaking of Tommy Grandpa, the next on our list is little Susie Carmichael. Mm -hmm. Miss Cree, welcome back. Uh, Cree reminds me a lot of a number five and a lot of of Penny when I think about Black Girl Magic. Oh, little little Susie. You know what? The the Talk about black girl magic and talk about like how much of a love they have for Cree Summer. They even changed her age. Like they didn't even they they took her away from like Angelica to make her closer to the kids. Like they literally changed her age from, I believe it was three to two. So that way she could be in the playpen and be on screen more with the kids. Like in the reboot? That, yep. Her age was changed, but uh, uh, apparently for, for that. Now, whether they use her as much, I doubt it. But still, like I think uh, that was I don't like just, that. I like I like it for the I don't think they had to do it that way. Change their age. They literally could have just made her around Angelica more, just had her babysit because yeah. she was the only one who had like siblings and stuff like that. She could have been that older sister type. But I like the fact that they did something to put her on screen more, just out of you know, out of love and respect. Because if you think about it, like a Gerald. She was, you know, she was always there. She was always that voice of wisdom. You know, she was that little sister that Tommy Pickles needed. Especially little, little sister. Or excuse me, big sister that Tommy Pickles needed. Especially when you had whole ass Angelica. Yeah, which is, I, I don't like that. I'm going I'm to talk about the OG. So, you know, she was pretty much Angelica's foil. I think yeah. the, biz, the biggest example of that, I think it was an episode, Chucky was afraid to go down the slide. And I remember Angelica kept just calling him a scaredy cat. Mm. And Susie was like, you're not a scaredy cat. You're a big, brave dog. And that's what he kept repeating to himself to get down the slide. And Su- Susie was such a pure child. You know what I mean? I see Susie and, and my kids just like just real, like pure fun. Like Angelica's mm-hmm. a little shit, a spoiled Absolutely. little shit. And for Susie to come from I'm going to give a shout out to her parents because they live in the dream. I think her mom was a doctor and her dad was a producer for the the dummy bears. So, you know, she comes from a well-rounded background. They out there balling. I know they got some stacks because the dummy bears make buku bucks. Buku bucks. Dumb money. Right. So... You know, Susie, Susie, Susie had it all together. You know, I think the one thing that, you know, her flaw would be she's a kid and she thinks she knows it all, but she doesn't. You know, but that's typical kid, you know, like Angelica, they want to, you know, show off that they're older kids by seeing how much they know. The problem is that they just don't know exactly what they know. You know, I mean, we've all been there. 
Now, Rugrats was definitely a cornerstone for me in my youth. Probably one of the most popular shows. The next character we're going to talk about, somebody from a show that people do not really remember, but it was definitely one of my favorites growing up. I still remember the theme song, and that's Wayne Head. And we're going to talk about Lil Damon. And you know what? I'm going to let you go go in on Lil Damon because, to be honest, the theme song is really all I do remember about that show. Man, so it's based off of uh, uh, Damon Wayne's childhood. Uh, Damon mm-hmm. Wayne had, Lil Wayne had, had a club foot, much like um, Damon Wayne's when he was a child. So he wore like this little black boot thing. And it was really just about him hanging out with the kids in his neighborhood. I think he mm-hmm. had. Uh, it was a couple of friends. He had a dog that was like missing a leg or something, living <laughs> with his family. But just an all-around fun show. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. great. It reminded me of like a Sea Bear Jamal, where it was just like as a black mm. kid, seeing like a show that I could relate to on a different level. You know what yeah. I mean? Representation, man. And it just also is a testament to the power of the Wayans family. Like, we all know about Wayans Brothers, White Chick, Scary Movie, My Wife and Kids, but they can also take over children's television as well if they want to. Right, if they want to. Another character, also from a show people aren't too familiar with, Fillmore. Fillmore, I love shows like this, kind of reminds me like Kids Next Door, where you take a very Mm -hmm. simple concept and you exaggerate it. You know, yeah. I mean, Fillmore was a hall monitor. Mm-hmm. The safety patrol. And it's, it's like he's a cop, but like Basically. the kids, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's funny, especially in the time, you know, right. all this stuff, this time we were growing up watching these shows. It's like, we could definitely relate. Yeah, it was, it was dope having like a, <clears throat> almost like a, a kiddie version of Inspector Gadget and it, it also being like a black kid. You know? Well, it was like kind of like watching like those um those old school crime shows, you know, that being yeah. black and white where you got like the narrator, the gumshoe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I remember he was out here solving cases, you know, the clip shows up every Black History Month where he caught the little white girl and she thought that he was going to let her off and he was like, nah, Bring that in on tomorrow. And the chicken <laughs> was dry, baby. Extra dry. Shout out to Orlando Brown. Right. Had to let her know. Man. Speaking of another cool cat on here, we got Frozone from The Incredibles. Listen, I'm going to let you say it. Just you know, <laughs> for the record, I... Shout out, shout out to, to my co-host, y'all, for putting a lot of these posts together, making sure we got one out every day. What's but I seen one? the shit he posted for Frozen. <laughs> it says the nigga figured out he had powers when he froze some Kool-Aid. Well done, Disney. <laughs> you you had one job. You could have said you could have simply said juice. He could have froze punch. He could have froze some water. 
He could have frozen. Who freezes water now? Come on, bro. <laughs> who the freezes water? What you mean? Who well, freezes he water? Somebody who doesn't know they have powers and is drinking some water would freeze some water. If yeah, he's just bo- discovering My, bo- my boy powers. was on an ice. My boy had a hot day. He wanted a popsicle. I just don't think he had to freeze Kool-Aid. It didn't have to be that specific. I I, I don't know if Disney has some type of... Um, partnership with Kool-Aid, but I don't know why that had to be said. Bro, I feel, I didn't even think about that. That would be on some shit. Kool-Aid be like, hey, bro, I need you to do one thing, bro. You know they love it. We just can't say they love it, but they love Frozone. Come on. But really, though, better on to the character, even though Disney did some fuck shit. Are we not ready for Frozone's family, like, spinoff yet? Where is my super suit? Like, shout out, like shout out to Samuel. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sam got it. Sam could do it. Sam would. Just give him a dope ass family. You can you could get back to the Incredibles later on when they're a little bit older. They like, did like, animate her though. They they showed what she would look like. They just haven't showed her yet. Which is it it's a poor practice done and um animation regarding black people, like, oh, here's another black character, but you haven't shown us what they look right. like. But yeah, um, I would definitely love to see more interaction with Frozone, see if he has a family, if he has kids. You know what I mean? Um, Maybe he had his a little bit older. His, well, his kids probably aren't being supers, but they might have powers. You know know what I mean? If he has any. But at the same time, Uncle Frozone, you know, he's come in clutch for these kids probably more times than their parents. I'd say so. <laughs> Parents, we always be on some bullshit, having you fucking know. personal crisis and shit. Disney does a lot of stuff now, especially with Disney Plus. So maybe we'll get like a Frozone series, or maybe we'll start getting some Frozone shorts around. Just, like you know, it's just another one of those really like it's one of those characters. Is as soon as he touches the scene, like you're just waiting for him what to see what he does next, and to not. Not only not capitalize on that, but to not, you know, take note of that and do more with it. It's like, come on, bro. Y'all got y'all created a dope character. He's black. Y'all may not have done that on purpose, but we love him. Show him some love. Because at the end of the day, if y'all about the money or we about the representation, let us all win together because it's really something that everyone wants to see. And come on, man, Samuel Jackson. And Samuel L. Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Free Frozone. Hashtag free Frozone. Samuel Jackson is good on everything he is on. And you know what I mean? And I feel like one of his greater roles was that of that boy Remy. But because we can't get more Remy, we, <laughs> we got to settle for Frozone. But leading into the next show, you got the the... <laughs> I would say both of these boys are a menace to society, but they don't in their own way. You got the Freeman brothers from the Boondocks, Huey and Riley. <laughs> I uh listen, I wanna, listen, listen, listen. Like technically we've got 29 people on the list. We, we did get the 29. We, we put both of them on here. Huey and Riley. And the reason I did I, I felt like I had to go with both of them is because when you think of what I think about Huey and Riley, it's like they they are not necessarily one and the same, 
but they're like yin and yang. Like they have to, they have to be in tandem. Because when one is doing some shit that he ain't supposed to, so is the other one. It just might be a little bit calmer or a little bit more like ruthless. But they like, both always getting into something, one way something. or another. And if it, like it's it's funny when you think about it, like <laughs> you think of Huey to be the smart one, but really he just know more shit. It doesn't necessarily make him smart because Huey do some dumbass shit in terms of like when he when he's on his uh you know stop the government shit, he just real reckless and like ridiculous with his shit. But then you go with Riley, he's just he's just trying to be a gangster. So he gotta be loud. But uh even that like two representations of like, you know, I feel like that's what a lot of the boondocks is. It's yeah, a lot of like you take a general type of uh person and put it into one character, you know? Yeah. Riley's the Riley's the, the the hood nigga that don't need to be a hood nigga. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Huey, Huey's woke. Uh, granddad yeah, overwoke. The, the old dude. You know what I'm saying? Tom's the, you know the whatever you want to call him. The yeah, like RG, said, the nigga that like need to give up. You know, Ruckus is a coon. You know what I'm saying? Like that's mm-hmm. the thing. That's what makes that show great in itself. Like they they're Literally able. To, everyone has their type. The, yeah, yeah, you can personify. So much, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think about that episode with um, uh, Gangsta Licious, the homies over hoes. <laughs> like, this song is clearly suspect, but you you know, it's niggas, oh yeah, that's my shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you you know them, you know them. Yeah. Every, everybody knows the Riley, everybody knows the Huey. Yeah, like, shout out to Aaron McGruder with like just this good writing. And once again, giving you a message in a way that just makes you be like, damn, that shit's funny, but fuck that shit, right? Awesome. And shout out to and shout out to, to, to another queen on the list, you know, Regina King uh, Regina King. Mm-hmm. Another brilliant actress. I'm glad people are really starting to understand like yeah. how talented she is. She's been in the game for a minute for a and long time. It's a, crazy that she started to get her shine when we and when we damn near in our thirties. Yeah, it's about goddamn time, right? The recognized excellence that is Regina King. But while we're talking about queens, we got to end this list the way we started it with good old seat, good old Cree, and we got a uh, Valerie Gray from Danny Phantom. But if you didn't know that, <laughs> you was going to hear Cree if you was watching something Nickelodeon. It's just a matter of time. You watching cartoons, you was going to hear her. Yeah. And uh, I feel like this was one of the roles that it didn't, once again, I didn't feel like it got enough shine, but it fit when it did. I thought what? some of, I would have loved it. Go ahead. I would have loved, well, not not that Valerie Gray didn't get enough shot. I would have loved to see her and Danny fight together more. But I felt like the only time they really teamed up was in, like, some of the movies. Oh, they had an episode where they teamed up against Coker. They were, like, tied. Hey, 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 stop. Talking about, what'd you just say? They had a what? Episode? 
an episode. How many episodes were in Danny Phantom? At least 50. And they had one in two movies. Well, you also got to think, um, another thing about Valerie character is <clears throat> I think she was a character that was pretty irrelevant until they made her relevant. She was really yeah. just um, Paulina's sidekick and she didn't do much. Yeah. And later on, um, you know, her dad ended up losing his job because of an incident with a ghost dog and Danny. Damn cool joke. <laughs> and, um, you know, like she started hating ghosts. She got funded by Vlad Plasmius to start hunting them. So, you know, I'd have to look and see in how many episodes she actually appeared as the ghost hunter, you know, yeah. to kind of make that correlation because there was another episode when she found out that you know, she was working for before, yeah, a that ghost, was, and you know that was mm-hmm. another type of team up. So they've had their instances, and especially when Valerie started having feelings for Danny. I feel if Danny Phantom was on another network, I feel like it might have done better. There were a lot of shows yeah. going on yeah. around this time that were all really competing with each other. Like um, you had. I think Avatar was out around the same yeah. time. Um, yeah. You had shows like uh, American Dragon, Jake Long. Mm-hmm. You had The Life and Times of Juniper Lee over on mm-hmm. Cartoon Network. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was Cartoon Spider-Man. Network was, was hitting back then. I think Cartoon Network and Disney was hitting. Because uh, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> I think there was a, a Spider-Man show, a Batman show going on all around this same time. Danny Phantom yeah. had a lot to compete with. Was this around the time of Saturday morning cartoons when it was still like doing his run? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Cause I know there was a there was also a point where other sh- like other networks started to like kind of run that same run like that same run, but they would do it like midday. So if like Saturday morning cartoons was ending, which was around like 11 30, 12 o'clock, they would start theirs around like 1 32 and go to about four. And then I know with Cartoon Network, you know, Toonami started around like six or seven. Yeah, and you know, I was, I don't think it got like yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, it it got it could have got more love from Nickelodeon. You know, like you really had like some good products going on with, you know, you had Avatar and I say Avatar was doing time. very well. I don't, I don't think there was the problem. I think the problem with Danny Phantom is Butch Hartman had two successful properties that going at one time because Fairly Our Parents was still a, a hit at that point. Like it was before any of the story had really changed. And at that point, I believe they were able to start mixing up with Jimmy Neutron, which was another big show at that time. So you're right. It just had so much going on. I want to say Tough Puppy was at the end of Danny Phantom, too. So yeah. Butch, Butch Hartman in itself just having literally three properties at the same time and they're all being on the same network. It was just too much. Like if he could have split some of his like some of his stuff, put it on like if Danny Phantom was on Cartoon Network, it would have done a phenomenal. Yeah, I also like um, Valerie one of the characters we get to see in the, uh, the movie. Yeah, where, like, especially when the, the older one. Yeah, when she was grown up, and then mm-hmm. and, um, <clears throat> when they fought the, the Ghost King, you know, she was kind of like a green goblin 
um, type character, but it also reminded me Thank a you. lot of, um, you know, she she did ride on a glider and shit. Yeah, I was trying to think. I, I was like, the whole time I was like, they made her like off of somebody. I couldn't think of what the model was. It was us, the Green Goblin. Yeah, we riding around on the glider and shit. She got the upgrade from, um, God, I forgot the little techno ghost name. But she oh, getting, yeah, yeah, she ended up getting an upgrade later on in the season. But overall, a great character. Uh, I wish that you know the show was still going on so we could see more of her interactions. Like I said earlier, I really like when she was in the relationship with Danny, and yeah. you know they were together and their human personas, and then enemies as um, yeah, that was Danny dope. Phantom and the Ghost Hunter. Good right. Well done, Butch. Well done. So that's going to end our first segment. Thank you if you're still rocking with us. And come right back after a word from this sponsor. Welcome back to Nerding with Friends podcast. We're having our Black History Month recap episode. We posted a fictional Black character every day in Black History Month. And now we're going over all those now that we've got some time. And why are we doing this in March? Because every month is Black History Month. Damn it. Now finish we're getting, it. getting into comic book characters. And let's start this bad boy off with somebody who is not DC. He's not Marvel. He is Spawn. The God. The God. Spawn probably got the best feats out of any comic book superhero. And he yeah. was voiced by Keith David and played by Michael Jai White and is about to get played by Jamie Foxx, hopefully. Like, he, like, of all, like, char- characters put together, I feel like he definitely has the best, you know, run of people tied to him. Like, like listen to that line. From Keith David to Michael J. White to J.B. Fox, you got three different types of actors, but all legends in their own right. Because I felt like Michael J. White did did his damn thing back then. I just felt like it was it wasn't the time for the stuff. It, they literally, to do. it just wasn't the time. Like that if cape it, was it, trash, nigga. That cape was trash. Like, could you imagine that shit coming out around the same time as like a blade? Probably done a lot better. Like, but. The character in itself, like, uh, and I, I like that the they did what they could with the animation um, on HBO too, because oh, uh, that shit dark, but that shit dope. <laughs> I um, I you know, with the with the whole posting, I did a whole lot of you know researching on like just different videos and stuff like that, and the the clip I found, like the longer part of that, is actually a lot better. Um, but it's like it's it's Spawn doing what Spawn does, and with him being you know that Spawn being a short, you know added for a hell Spawn, you know he shows you know his character, but at the same time it's he's shutting down cops. He, he making sure this fuck shit ain't going down no more. And it's like, he has no ties. He don't have to be considered the hero because at the end of the day, the stuff that he's dealing with, it, it really doesn't require any heroics. But this moment definitely was. I mean, that's the that's the street level shit. Like, this nigga fight 
God. <laughs> this, right. this this nigga fight the devil and demons and angels. He's got the, the nigga can do everything. Y'all go look at the post. That was only a few of his powers. The nigga yeah. the nigga's unfuckwittable. You know what I mean? Basically. Like you're not gonna fuck with this nigga. And he uses guns too. Like on top of all the hellfire and time control and dark plasma beams, this nigga will just shoot you the fuck up. Just shoot you the fuck up just because that's what he's used to. And it's not like he's just some gangbanger ass nigga. This nigga is armed for like ex-Marine armed forces. Like this nigga knows what he's doing with these guns. And he, a trained killer with the power of the devil. It's it's if you see Spawn, just get the fuck out of it. That's what we have to do with Spawn episode. Same or sooner or later. Oh yeah, I fucked with some Spawn. Spawn's fire. Like I, I would love. I, I can't wait to see what they do with Spawn. Oh, say another little dope comic book character we got on here is Miles Morales. I feel like the world is screaming for miles right now. We just Marvel just being smart enough to try to figure Marvel and Sony being smart enough to try to figure out who is the best one. You know, I'm not I'm not like jumping at the bits for a live action Miles Morales. I'm not yet. (sighs) I think I think Miles. I feel like Miles should come. I feel like you put Miles Morales alongside the like young Avengers that seems to be leading, but even then, I re- I'd rather see live action Spider Gwen before I see live action Miles. Well, the way I feel it, Miles has got to be very young right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm 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 thinking like middle school, you know, maybe freshman year, high school, young. Yeah. Freshman year, I, I don't. Even no, damn no. I think about it. He'd have to be younger than that. Yeah, I, I, just the way I don't know. You know, like the way Donald Glover's um, Prowler was talking about him having a nephew and mm. wanting to keep him safe. Like, uh, you know, that could be any age. Yeah, but just like hearing him talk to the kid on the phone, like it makes me think like he's talking to like a little kid. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's that's one reason. Like I'm not jumping at the bits. Because another part of what I think was special about Miles Morales is that the the Spider-Man he replaced, the Peter Parker he replaced, was a a, a well-established Spider-Man. He had been doing that mm-hmm. for a while. So when he showed up, you know, it was... It, it would just have a different vibe, you know what if I mean? If he were to show up now, like no, I feel no. like him replacing Spider-Man wouldn't have the impact. Like Spider-Man isn't, I wouldn't say he's that big of a hero in the not MCU. Yet, no. You know what not, I mean? Not at all. Yeah, yeah. He has, his his name doesn't like. He, hold yeah, exactly. It doesn't hold that weight. Yeah, I get that. So I'm not I'm not jumping at the bits. We, we we're pretty much just starting Spider-Man with the MCU with Tom Holland now. I'm not jumping yeah. in the bits for a live action. I, I appreciate what we've seen in the TV shows, the movies, and the comics. I mean, it doesn't have to happen anytime soon. Yeah. That's a good point. But if they wanted, if Sony wanted to make 
a live action Miles Morales movie. They have the option of doing it in a world where you know Toby Maguire or Andrew Garfield dies. I'd I'd prefer Toby's um, because he's more established than Andrew is. When Andrew still got some some learning to do and some healing, but uh, for him to replace like Toby, that makes that that would be pretty dope, especially considering Toby's villains. Well, Especially. who aren't villains anymore. Yeah. But he does have a venom there. He does have a venom there. He does have a venom there. And you never know what could happen with Osborne. That's a good point. Yeah, I, villains, I don't know if I could... Villains have been cured before in comics. Like, villains... Villains have stopped being villains before in comics and then gone back to villainy. Right. But just to talk about Miles as a character, I like I like that he's uh, modern. You know, like I, there's mm-hmm. a lot of the um, MCU Spider Man. I feel like they took a lot of that for Miles, like him going to like a special school, and mm-hmm. even like the Ned character is based off of uh, Miles's best friend in the comic. Mm-hmm. And. Um, He's got more powers than Peter. He's got the invisibility. He's got the shock. And he's growing. He's new, you know? Like, he's going forward. He's going to be in more of these Spider-Man stories. Like, he's he's yeah. Spider-Man now. I've seen there's there's been a lot of different, you know, what-if type situations that have been happening with Miles at the forefront. I've seen... Uh, a Miles Morales that became that had the symbiote. I've seen a Miles Morales that became Captain America. I've seen a Miles Morales that had, um, I don't know if it was the Phoenix or no, excuse me, the Sorcerer Supreme. It's like they're just everything is Miles Morales right now, and um, it's dope because like, the way that the character kind of create you know was created in the first place, you know. Uh, if if the story of the Donald Glover, uh, Miles Morales to, to Miles Morales story, ha- you know, really does hold weight, like that's hilarious that that character is you know grown to this you know magnitude because he's definitely like to me one of the like more interesting Spider Man and there's a lot of fucking Spider Man. That is a lot of motherfucking people with spider powers. And you know what I mean? Down and comics. Especially Marvel. And next on the list, we got someone who I think is about to get a uh, kind of a, a revamped rollout with this new Iron Wars show, and that's Mr. James Rhodes. I, uh, Iron, Iron Wars and Iron Heart. I feel like we're going to be getting a lot of roadie. A whole lot of roadie. And, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I feel like he's a character who's always kind of he's he's done what he's supposed to. I would like to see Rhodey kind of step out of the military reign a little bit because it's not like they've been doing the right thing every time. But I gotta be, I gotta believe that you know in a world where there's no Iron Man. Rhodey got to learn. He got he got to do more, because it's not like he was building shit. He was just hopping in a suit and shooting shit. 
Hey, but let's not sleep on Rody. You know what I mean? Um, he's some. He's also. I don't know of the level of spawn, but you know he's trained military. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he and you just can't possibly, you just can't be a slouch inside any of those armors that Tony Stark designs as well. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. And with him being a pilot, you know, maybe he knows a little thing, something to himself. And not just that, but he's also, I think, one of the best things about him that he's responsible. Like this is somebody yeah. who's by the book. He's very sensible, yeah. uh, a moral compass if you would say, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. It's, uh, it's, he's one of those characters that doesn't really need to grow. The one time he, you know, he even got hurt. It, it didn't take him too long to get back to like where he is today. I don't, I don't even think he uses a, a cane or anything like that. I do feel like age is going to cause a, is going to be a factor at some point. Because, I mean, the boy done been through a lot. But, man, got shot in the chest. Like like I said, it's not like he's had I, – I, I can't fathom that the suits that he's going to be getting pre-Tony or post-Tony are going to be nearly as, you know, formidable. Yeah, you might have Jarvis. You might have, like, you know, the, the AI and stuff like that. But you don't have the mind of the great start. And for for once, there is no great start. You know, before Tony, you had Howard. Well, you know, you know, Tony was usually the one to, like, get these more updated suits. I still think Rhodey was just rocking with what he had at the time. I think the Iron Wars might come more for other people trying to be like Iron Man. And uh, I feel like, yeah, Justin Hammer coming back. Yeah, I feel like Ironheart... Um, I think she might be the one to, you know, kind of play a role in this armor war. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, I don't think Rhodey's capable of, you know, designing stuff like that. But I don't know. He's he's not he's not stupid. You know, kind of corny, but he ain't. It's kind of corny. Kind of corny, but he ain't stupid. And. Another character we got to give some love to in the Marvel Pantheon is Luke Cage. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, I think yeah. I think um, Power Man got a lot of popularity uh, in the late 2010s with mm-hmm. the, the Spider-Man show he was on and, of course, with the Netflix show. Um. Definitely started because of like you know black exploitation and stuff like that. Yeah. But he's a pretty dope character. I saw a meme the other day, and it's like, <laughs> what makes Luke Cage so scary is that he's just a nigga in a t-shirt, jeans, and Tim's. <laughs> and like you see like a Batman or something coming at you, you know what's going on. I was like, bro, this big bald nigga is just running up on me. Just run it up on me, bro. I don't know what this nigga gonna do. This you might just walk by this nigga and this nigga just happened to know you done done some shit. And all of a sudden you punch in the side of your head. Trying dead. to swing back. <laughs> Brain dead. Because it's just dead. Just dead. You know what I mean? That's it. Dead. Just just beating the shit out of niggas in Harlem. Right. 
I feel like they did a really good job in this series too. Like um from just the the realistic aspect of how he like gained his powers and stuff like that to like the people that he had to go against, you know. They you know, shout out to Disney for doing the right deal to getting their shit back. Yeah. Fucking mouse did it again. In Canada. In Canada. But it's just a matter of time. Netflix is Netflix. Uh, too bad we didn't have Brad on here to talk about Blue Marvel. Because I'm not well versed. I do know the nigga is strong. Yeah, like <laughs> we He's might one have of to those Superman characters. We definitely have to do we talked about this. We do have uh plans for a blue marble and an icon So icon later on this. Yeah. I feel like they're the, definitely two characters that don't get enough love. I uh shit to just to just goes to show you like they were one of the characters when it came to trying to find something to learn about them i couldn't find anything other than what was in the comments which you know shout out to you know going back to the source material but at the same time like it's been too long for y'all for y'all not to be showing these characters other than comic books yeah um, blue marvel has really only showed up in the comic books and for the power set he has and to be one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe, he's pretty much a Superman version of, you know, a, a Superman of that universe, you know, mm-hmm. super strength, flight and all the powers. Uh, he's got um, like if, if Superman and, and Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, had a baby much. that was black. <laughs> pretty much. You let you go ahead and take take care of that. I know that's one of you, one of your favorites. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, of the Young Avengers, I think he is like maybe like one or two. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of anybody with a bow. So Hawkeye, you know, young young Hawkeye Kate Bishop was dope, but the young a- Eli Bradley, and I'm gonna go for all of the Disney Plus shows. Seeing him on screen made me so excited. Seeing Eli, because all you know, Patriot is on the way, and, and what Patriot means to like the Marvel universe and the Marvel MCU is just just so dope to me. Like you know, you get you get a chance to see a young you know hungry black kid you know do his thing and uh, you know go out there and try to protect folk like the right way. And um, I'm really um, I'm really excited to see where they go with the story because from what we see, or what they've shown or the little we've shown like he like the at least of the Eli on um, Falcon and Winter Soldier he he kind of has that rashness he kind of has that toughness but how can he develop that sense of Heroism. How can he, you know, find that sense of justice to do the right thing? I think that's gonna be kind of his his transition. And even knowing like the way that he got his powers is from you know a drug that basically you know was a simulated version of the super soldier serum. You know, knowing that they have that, you know, they got basically the serum back in you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's like just so many things that they could, like so many directions they could go with this. And um, I just think he's a dope character, man. Like even his, like I'm looking forward to see 
especially with all that they've been doing with all of the suits and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to see his page to stage and which one they go with. I'd love to see them go with the one where he actually put the full cover of his face. Yeah, it would be a dope design. You know, know what I'm saying? Live action modern tape. You don't know what we might get. And uh, the next one. That's your favorite. I, I just got to say, like, you go oh, ahead. this you list here, definitely my favorite. Jericho Drum, the brother voodoo, the source, the, the future sorcerer of Supreme. Uh, definitely someone who I expect, I won't say I expect to see soon, but I really hope to see soon. And uh, Daniel Drum, his brother, was in the first Doctor Strange. And knowing that story, to know, know that he died, it, it should easily lead to them being able to create a story about Jericho Drum, especially in a situation knowing that he becomes the Strange Supreme and Strange on some strange shit right now. So the strange, the, the, the Sorcerer Supreme at some point may need to be replaced. And what better way to have, you know, the, the, the young Haitian brother take over like his story in itself is just so dope like if they go the route of his brother dying and him going to learn from papa jamba the um what they call as a human is a haitian sorcerer uh you know learning voodoo like learning the voodoo magic and all of that stuff like he's basically the sorcerer supreme but the only limit he has is he has voodoo magic so if if they can do it in voodoo magic, he can do it. But he also has his brother that, you know, spirit still attached to him that can take over other people and basically use their powers and shit. Like, um, I think one of my favorite stories with him, it actually includes him, Deadpool, and uh, um, Doctor Strange is actually, you know, so really two of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe and then Doctor Strange. Um, but it, inclu- it, it kind of involves a lot of situations that are, somewhat happening or on the way to happening. So it's just, I feel like there's a lot of reasons why you could include a character like Brother Voodoo or, you know, Jericho Drum in the upcoming, uh, upcoming, upcoming movie with the Multiverse of Madness, even if they go the route of, you know, him being the Sorcerer Supreme, you know, in a different, you know, universe. I say you got some high hopes, my friend. Oh, I absolutely do, man. And I know I'm reaching, but sometimes you got to do that, man. It's, it's powerful people out here, man. I'm ready to see it. Like, and if they can't give me Brother Voodoo, they can at least bring me some mutants because it's about time we got that bad baby storm out here, cuz. And I'm... Yeah. Former queen of Wakanda. You know what I'm saying? Storm was one of the first comic book characters I really got to know. And it also makes her one of the first black comic book characters I got to know. I was introduced to her in uh, the 90s X-Men show, one of the best comic book shows to ever grace the screens. The only thing I didn't like about her in in the show was how she had the she had to like she was a witch or something like Storm. We yeah, know you're a mutant. You don't gotta be saying all this stuff to hype yourself up, baby. We know. <laughs> we know. Yeah, like I feel like she might have taken the whole weather witch thing a little bit too far. But I will say she has some fire bars in there though. Hey. And much like a lot of the characters on this list, 
a voice of reason, an older character for people to mm-hmm. look up to. Um, and that's in all across the board. You saw it Damn. in the movies, you saw it in TV shows, you saw it in the comics. Like, like it's Storm, very much her character. Yeah, you know, she royalty. Yeah. You know, and she even led the school on a few occasions when Charles wasn't around. So I mean, just look at her power, you know what I'm saying? Like the control, like all that she can do with weather. Storm is I think she's an omega level mutant. She's pretty fucking strong. It's not too much things she can't do. I don't think she's as strong as the next person on our list is Photon, though, but she might give her a run for her money. Yes, and I feel like, do you feel like, I gotta ask you, like, do you feel like they may be dwarfing her power a little bit, or is this just the beginning? What do you mean, like? Like, versus, like, what she could do in the comics and what we've seen in WandaVision, because I don't know yet. I mean, I guess it kind of depends because I think if they're going to have her team up with Captain Marvel, who I feel like powers are extremely exaggerated, mm-hmm. um, I think she's going to have to be a little bit stronger to keep up. I think that just might be the beginning. You know, she's had no formal training with her powers. She mm-hmm. just got them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I say give her some time. Uh, I really liked her character in WandaVision. Um, again, you know, a lot of sense. Um, somebody who was thinking mm-hmm. rationally, um, doing things that even, you know, going up against what she knew was wrong for the mm-hmm. greater good. And being, and being willing to do whatever it takes in order to do what was right, like standing up for the people who, you know, were supposedly leading her. And, um, always being willing to put herself on the line. Like when she jumped in front of the boys, like I don't think she knew her power was going to work. She was just jumping in front of the boys, you know? So she was ready to take them bullets and die so they can live. So it's just like, it's just imaginary boys, mind you. Imaginary boys. Imaginary she knew boys. it. <laughs> she knew it. So it's like, you know, it's just it just kind of it really does show her character. I really am looking for like forward to like how they incorporate her. I'm glad that we got a chance to see what it was like for her to come back and how it and it all how how it all really affected her. Um Another reason, because she's a character that has a connection to Blue Marvel. So with with a sh- with, you know, them bringing her character out now, her being a little bit older, you can finally start to incorporate characters of color that really matter. And uh, at a time like this, you know, it's really something that we need because when you lose somebody like our next character, that being T'Challa and with these Disney's kind of muted approach of not really explaining what they're going to do, whether they recast or not. Um, I feel like we need more and more strong black characters, you know? Like, absolutely. You know, and I, I feel like Marvel's trying to do their part in doing that. Um, they do a little bit better, but, you know, baby steps. You gotta be, so, sometimes you got to be subtle to not be pandering. But at the same time, you can always do more. Black Panther is uh, another character on here. 
my first real experience with him was in the Earth's uh, Mightiest Heroes Avengers show. Mm. And uh, a sentiment I'll echo again, responsible, reasonable, uh, thanks ahead. Many of times I saw him rescue the Avengers because of his quick thinking. Yeah. And, you know, that shows up across all medium, across all media with him. Mm-hmm. Again, like, he's what people love about Batman. Yeah. You really got to apply to Black Panther. Uh, a billionaire, but instead of, like, the playboy, like, he's real royalty and he gets shit done. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, you know, considered one of the smartest people in the Marvel universe. Um, and like you said, someone who's just about getting things done and about doing it in the right way. I love how they showed in the uh, the movies of late, you know, he was the one to figure out that there was something bigger going on during the, you know, the Civil War. Uh, I also love how during the comic book Civil War, he didn't get involved because he, you know, he had pretty much friends on both sides that had nothing to do that to him that had nothing to do with him. And um, he wasn't going to involve himself in a fight that broke people apart because at the end of the day, he understood like it was about duty. Like, you don't, you know, we're not heroes before, you know, fame or anything like that. We're heroes because we need, there's, there's people who need protection and um, you know, like you said, royalty, uh, you know, a king, a a chieftain, a, you know, the, what I, a commander in chief. What I like about Black Panther is he is first and foremost the king of Wakanda. Yeah. And he is not going to let Wakanda down. It's Wakanda forever. forever. Quite literally. <laughs> like, he's not going to put Wakanda in jeopardy. Unless it literally means the fate of the world, wherein then they yeah. got there. You kind of have to. Right. Because Wagana's in the world. <laughs> right. But even then, it's like everything that he does, he's going to do it to protect his people first. Right. And people, I, I feel like a lot of people sleep on like how smart he is. Again, also one of the oh, smartest yeah. people in the Marvel Universe. He's got advanced degrees and well-trained in many different forms of martial arts and Mm self-defense, not to mention the vibranium suit and everything that comes with that and from the heart-shaped herb. Pretty pretty complete package as far as heroes go. I think the only thing they can't do is fly, which isn't a problem. The nigga's rich. He's got jets, and he can probably make his suit fly if he wanted to. Yeah, if you, I mean, and he, he's always had, you know, ships that he can get around without, you know, people even seeing him. So he don't really need to fly. You know, like you said, he, much like Batman, he's, he's about being able to be stealthy and, you know, do what he needs to do and get out. I love how you mentioned, uh, you know, one of the first time you saw him was in the, uh, what was it, the um, uh, Air's Mightiest Heroes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, did the Ultimate Avengers movies come out before then? Or was that after? Before. 
yeah, I think that was actually my first time seeing him on screen. Like, I, of course, I know about him in the comic books and stuff like that. You, you know, you have a dad who can literally calls himself the Black Panther. But um, him seeing him then, like in both of those movies, like it's like whenever he pulled up, he was shutting them down first, and it, it was it was it was always dope to see whenever they met him for the first time. It was almost like a test, and not I don't think there was a time that we've seen it where they bested him in that test. Mm-hmm. So it, it's you talk about like I think that was like that when he showed up in the Fantastic Four show back in the nineties too. Mm-hmm. Like there's always an air of mystery around him. Oh yeah, definitely someone you know who's who's always two to three steps ahead of the situation. Next up on the list, we got the man himself, Virgil Hawkins, a.k.a. Static. Don't call him Static Shock. It's just Static. The yeah, it is not Static Shock. Shock. That's the same thing. Yeah. And he's the first DC character on our list that didn't even start at DC. Started with Milestone Comics, created by Dwayne McDuffie and some other very talented Black comic book writers whose names escape me right now. I'm yeah. so sorry, but... Dwayne McDuffie is the god. Shout out to them being able to get all their stuff back in and, you know, them going back to Static because Static Shock, the show, was fucking amazing. And it's been a long time since that ended. Like, we haven't really gotten much of the characters since we always get those little, uh, those little nuggets of him in shows like, you know, Young Justice and... I think before that, we got a little bit of the him in Batman Beyond, which I think that was kind of one of the dopest interests of a static show that, shock that I've seen. Yeah, he, was static in, uh, he was in Justice League. Ah, uh, he was in Justice League. He was in Justice League. The adult version of him was in Justice League. Right. And Batman Beyond just happened to be in an episode. What I like about... Mm-hmm, what I liked about Static was he was kind of like a... Like Spider-Man, Spider-Man mm-hmm. vibes to where it's like a, a kid you can kind of relate to. Mm-hmm. But he's black. Right. You know, like uh I I really like what they did in the in the uh the reboot that they recently did. Originally, um Virgil uh got his powers at a gang gang war. And they recently updated that for it to be at a protest. Hmm. But um, Virgil, um, well, another thing I like about Virgil was in the comics specifically, like he wasn't a he wasn't a perfect person, you know, like he was no. smart, but he was um, he was um. In the comics, he was a little anti-Semitic, you know, um, but he learned from that, you know, and um, y'all just Google that, you know, static anti-Semitic. Or... I didn't know that. Yeah, check it out. I'm not going to get into details here, but, you know, another day. Um, somebody uh-huh. who is definitely like not anti-Semitic is Icon. Another Miles oh, right. character. <laughs> uh, I've always got, I've gone on record. Iron, I, Icon is one of my 
favorite black heroes, even though mm-hmm. he technically might not really be a black hero in a sense. Right. You know, he's technically an alien who lives the life of a black man, has gone from living as a slave to a modern day, very successful, very rich lawyer, but still has conservative views. And it, I don't get it, but again, a character no who's, not, who's not perfect, you know? I'm not saying it's wrong if you have conservative views, but I just don't think a person who uh, was a slave would have these type of values concerning things. But Sounds that's like a written thing. There. <laughs> Sounds like a writing choice. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. The dude got some dope powers. He's got strength on par with um, Superman, uh, so much so that Superman thought he was Kryptonian. He can shoot energy blasts, and the best thing about it is because of his alien, you know, physiology. Like his alien mm-hmm. race, they don't have those powers. Um, he got those powers because when he crashed here, he took the form of the first thing he saw. The first thing he saw was a black woman, and he came out as a baby. So he says that at the end of you know, once humans evolve, they will have all the powers he has and i think seeing like peak evolution in a black man and comic books is is pretty dope another dope i didn't know that worked you didn't know how well that i didn't know that was how his powers worked yeah man that's pretty cool he he humans can't do that shit and his race can't do that shit you know you know what i'm saying that's pretty fucking dope If his people ever wanted to take this motherfucker over, though, like I, <laughs> come, come jump in a bunch of humans, <laughs> right? <laughs> Next on the list, we got Bumblebee. I think most people first got introduced to Bumblebee in Teen Titans. Titans. Yeah. I think this might be the only black dope female character not voiced by Chris Summer. That is a good point. One one of them. I was one surprised of it was fire, but yeah. Now that I think about it, that is extremely surprising. That of all characters, because it would make sense of any characters that was going to be voiced by Chris Summer, it would be Bumblebee, and it's not. It's not. She's she's Bumblebee, the dope character. Um, she's pretty much DC's version of the Wasp, I would say, for yeah. the most part. Um, also somebody who I think should get some more love in the TV show. Yeah, yeah, you know, she's she's shown up a lot more in like Teen Titans Go and mm-hmm. she shows she has a she has an okay size role in Young Justice, but you know, it could be better. Young Justice, yeah. we've got to talk on that at some point. It's just overflowing with characters. But uh, I like Bumblebee and I like her abilities. I hope to see more of her. Honestly, yeah. I really like that in Teen Titans, she was the one that ended up leading Titans West. Which makes sense. It makes a lot of sense because yeah, most like a lot sense. of the black characters. Is this I feel like is this a stereotype at this point that black characters are just like the responsible ones? You know, I was it's funny that you say that. I was thinking about that when we got to shit, it might have been Gerald. <laughs> like that is a it, it it is a I don't know if it's a stereotype. I mean, I think what it 
it maybe signifies the level of tradition that genuinely most black characters have in reference to white characters. But I, I don't know, because it, it there's not a it's not a token thing quality. It just seems to be they're the most responsible one in the group. I don't know. Uh, like, you're right. If it's like, I ain't mad at it. If there's a way, if there's a way to show strength, shit, I'm a, I'm with them being the leaders at all times. Hey, that's perfect segue to this last character who is a pillar of responsibility, voiced Absolutely. by Goat and Phil Lamar, uh, John Stewart, uh, Green Lantern. I remember an episode of Justice League. This nigga was trying to get them to train together. I was like, that makes so much sense. This is the most responsible shit. Y'all all have different fighting <laughs> styles. Why would you not want to try to learn to coordinate? And I right. remember Superman is being like, this is dumb. I could just break it. Superman, you get you, you you're nothing with a red light and a green rock. Please. Right. That's it. Please shut <laughs> the fuck it. up. Please shut the fuck up. It is a nigga in this group that has both. I'm sure of it. <laughs> shut, shut, the Please shut the fuck up. <laughs> he he has some of my favorite moments in the show. I think about you know his whole that that season finale, like the Star Cross. He was a big part of yeah. that. He was a big part of the finale, uh, the once in a future time thing, where him, Batman, and Wonder Woman. We're chasing the time traveling character. Mm-hmm. Um, I I hope that like it's weird to say that he's another character that doesn't really get enough shine, but I think he's a, a character that hasn't gotten a lot of shine in a long time, and that's kind of more what it is. And we want to see it more modernized. I hope that I know that I think they've been talking about a a, a potential like Emerald Knights type show with a bunch of Green Lanterns or the Green Lanterns Court. I hope they do it and give him the responsibility of being the leader like it actually is in the comics. Um, I think that would be, even if he has to kind of work to that, I think that would be a dope way to go about doing it because he's like another one of those characters that, you know, he's flawed. He's not perfect. You know, the reason he got into the army in the first place was to basically get off the streets. You know, he had a kind of a tumultuous childhood. He was doing, you know, rough stuff. You know, and, shout uh, out to you know how Jordan uh, was not happy about them them choosing him, yeah, to 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 be the next Green Lantern. You know, I think that's a fact that we got to bring up. We got to pull Hal's card. You know what I mean? All right. What's wrong with you, Hal? Yeah. Well, and I I think ain't nobody else have a problem. What's up? I think in a lot of people's list, and I think the animated show has something to do with that. But I think a lot of people will put. John Stewart up there as their favorite Green Lantern. You know, you're right. We do kind of got to pull that boy out, Jordan Carr. And I mean, if they do go with the Green, you know, the Green Lantern Corps, you know, show that gets green light, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, they give they give him the responsibility like he so deserves and makes him you know, the leader of the Green Lantern Corps. I would love to see them go as far as to have how Jordan be kind of upset about it. And at this point, you know, that might lead him to the Yellow Lanterns. Like, give, give me a show, man. Yeah, Stop uh, telling me the big three. Uh, we we need some we need some Green Lantern. We need some John Stewart. You know what to I'm saying? be precise. 
to be precise. We can, you can give us Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz and all of them other ones, but John Stewart comes first. Yeah. Without John, the other ones don't even really do the same thing. Yeah, you know, he's he's definitely a lot of people's favorite Green Lantern. You know what I mean? And I think next time they try to move forward with a Green Lantern, they should, you know, give it to John Stewart. How Jordan, you know, you, you fumbled that bag once already. I didn't have you know a problem saying? with the movie, but hey, you, you you did what you did. You cut your losses. It's time right. to move on. It is what it is. Move on. Hey, man, this has been awesome to sit down and record again. Going to have to get back into a schedule sooner than oh, later. For sure, for sure. Miss doing this. Miss y'all. Hope you missed us. And uh, we're going to try to get back on this thing as much as we can. You already know. And until, be until next time, it's been me, your boy, C-Ro, money, money, that C dot R-O, double dollar sign. And me, your boy, Codename Comet. Y'all have a great one. And we out, y'all. Peace. Peace.